0: We are on the air with Killing the Business Wrestling podcast on this beautiful afternoon. The man in charge of this show is your new five star revolution champion and the king of the North, Sick Vic. This does have a 60 minute time limit. I always like to put podcasters kind of on the same level as I am. I figure that, you know, podcasters need to stick together, forms a network, and everything's great. And I always like to consider myself one of the better podcasters out there, but the gentleman we have on today, he showed me something that impressed me, and I wanted to clear the, air, clear the schedule, get him on. His name is Matthew Davis. How are you doing today, sir?
1: I am doing well. Does it say
0: Matthew on there? This is Matt. Nobody so- calls
1: me Matthew except my mom. I'm sorry. It's okay.
0: I try to be like I, I didn't want to say Matt B Davis, and then we get into what does the B mean, and it's just. But anyways, that's what the, the thing says, bud. So you were able to, first of all, tell us about your podcast.
1: Uh, well, my first podcast is the the my day job. So I cover the sport called obstacle racing, which people have probably done or, or heard of. It's um, Spartan Race, Tough Mudder, Savage Race. I started doing a podcast way back in 2012, And then uh, it became my full time job about two years later. I really enjoyed covering the sport. And so I became, you know, the uh, the, I would say probably the closest thing to like, uh, like Ariel Hawani, but like for that world, right? So like I gave news and information, but I also like it was fun, irreverent, et cetera, et cetera. So then uh, in the last year, uh, I became friends with, uh, with Taryn Terrell, who had done, we had done some Spartan stuff together. We, I interviewed her a couple times and I said, Hey, maybe we could do a show together. I've been covering a lot of wrestling the last few years. She said yes. And since then she's actually like decided to step away she's she's got a lot going on she does stunt work she acts she's still in the nwa uh, but she's happy to still make instructions for me and and she'll be on the show from time to time but uh but that's how this uh the lockup the lockup was the initial name and now the now the name is uh the best thing since wrestling
0: sorry how many what's your um uh ocr background
1: so I just started doing those races in 2012. I was just like everybody else, like the whole sport didn't even exist. And I just started doing them and became a fan and no one was covering it. And so, you know, I had no journalism background, no social media background. I just, you know, like most people just sort of self-taught.
0: Because I've done quite a few of the OCR races. I'm oh, okay, a cool. Three times Tough Butter, a tough, not three Tough uh, three times Rugged Maniac. Been, did the Vermont Tough Mudder before? I've done Spartan Sprints before. Have not gotten enough courage to do the Beast yet. They yeah, pull, that 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 ver- it, it kind of like everything fell apart. Now I'm getting right back into it. Yeah, that
1: that Spartan Vermont Beast is like the hardest one.
0: Tell me, but it's the sprint almost killed me. Did
1: you go up there to Killington?
0: I yep. I'm about 25 minutes away from it.
1: Oh, okay. Sorry, I got I got I, I got this. I was just out in the desert.
0: that's fine that's
1: covering one of these events and so i got some chap lips i'm going to apply
0: but now it's like at the start the death march they called it it's just like one of the hills for a mile and you have your you know you watch on you you see like three miles you're like all right anytime now until someone tells you no when you do an obstacle they stop the distance like clock so it's like if you have to do like go carry a heavy barrel uphill that's not part of the three miles. It turned out to be almost five miles.
1: Yeah, it's, it's, it's brutal, dude. But yeah, that's, uh, that's my day job.
0: Yeah, that sounds like a really cool day job, actually.
1: Yeah, like I said, I feel really fortunate because it wasn't like I had a background in any of these things. I just enjoyed talking to people about it. And so uh, off I went.
0: My first event was Rugged Maniac in 2013.
1: yeah, yeah. So I've been doing those, too. They come here every August. I, I like those. They're fun.
0: I Love Rubber Mania. I can't do it this year because my father in law's 60th birthday is the same weekend as they're in town, but I'm definitely gonna do it next weekend, my next next year.
1: Yeah, it's a good time. Uh,
0: so, being a part of the OCR, what type of people have you met, you know, and talked to about it?
1: I mean, uh, what's great about obstacle racing is that it really is like We've got elite athletes that we interview. You know, they're they're the top of the sport, and then there's regular folks. So you know, people from like their local gym get together, and it becomes like a thing they've never done before. They feel really accomplished afterwards. So uh, it, that's what's great about it is that it, it's not just for the elite athletes, but we cover that side as well, the sports side. It's
0: funny. Quick little story. We moved up to uh, Portland, Maine. I'm telling the a story right now. Here's what he's had. Have fun. Um, we, when we moved up, we had to stay at a hotel that was across the way from a strip club. And my wife was like, you know, oh, I'm going to go out with my sister. This is when the new Jurassic Park movie came out, and you had to go get the whole theater experience, you know, on IMAX. And she's like, go across the street, have a couple beers there. So I was like, just a couple beers, why not? Went across the street, and they had Spartan TV on. It. Oh, and of course, I'm watching Spartan TV, and one of the girls come up to me and goes like, "Why are you watching yes, this when you can watch me. this?" And I looked at her, looked at the stage, looked at the TV, looked at her again, said, "Because I can," and just turned my back to her and kept on watching. Because it's really interesting about how you know what type of obstacles people will go through, and when you do them yourself, you feel so accomplished because you first look at them, you're like, "Hell no," and then you do them, you're like, "Oh crap."
1: Yeah, the first time I did a Tough Mudder, it was 10 miles and it may as well have been 100. You know, I hadn't run a mile since middle school. So uh, when I finished that, I felt really, really accomplished.
0: How did you feel after that?
1: I mean, it was like, honestly, like I was 40 years old at the time and I hadn't done any exercise in a long time. So I felt great.
0: Yeah, it almost killed me, but that's that's all right. Uh, Then again, once again, I think it was at Mount Snow. They had the Tough mutter.
1: Right. I did that one too.
0: Yeah, so of course, you know how it's like uphill a lot, and it's just if you're not properly prepared, it's just nuts. Right. So how do you feel about Spartan if you don't do an obstacle, there's a penalty, but every other obstacle circuit, no penalty, you just skip it. Like what, what's Well,
1: your- Well, Spartan you can skip too, but for the elite races, Spartan you have burpees and the other ones you have mandatory completion, meaning you can't win the race if you don't do it. I like that better. I think burpees are stupid. But any race in the open wave, you can skip Whatever you want
0: I always believe you should at least make the attempt Right uh, If you make the attempt, you fail Okay, you try
1: Right, some people right. just walk around though
0: Some people just walk around and that's kind of like a, That's a little cheap, you know Right Uh oh We have technical difficulties here my calls, my calls, it's Like co-host Like co say, I like this, try to jump over something and fell Right Oh, nah, he's alright. He's just faking mostly. Is he all right? He got pretty quickly.
1: If you, if you need to put me on hold for a that's second, it's fine.
0: You got side off a race. Now he's running away, but he's fine.
1: If you need to put me on hold for a second, it's fine, dude.
0: Nah, he likes to be over dramatic. He's three years old.
1: Well, that's they cry a lot, yes.
0: That's yes, nice over over dramatic and I try to reach out and he just ran away. So he's all right. I see him right now. He's playing with Buzz. He has Buzz now. Right, right. Three year olds. I was told they were called three teenagers for a reason. I know now why. <laughs> I definitely know why. So you got into wrestling podcasting when?
1: So the funny thing is I actually became friends with, uh, W long time, uh, referee Charles Robinson about five years ago. And that's what actually got me back into wrestling was 16, 17. Uh, I'd met him through obstacle racing and he said, why don't you come to, you know, the arena, come check out a show. And I, I, uh, brought my boys and they had a great time and I had a great time. And, uh, that's what got me, you know, I started watching Raw and, and Smackdown every weekend and started getting just more interested. And then, like I said, I met Taryn a couple years later and uh, decided, you know, I really enjoy talking to people, but I'd like to expand outside of OCR. And so I thought, why not do wrestling stuff?
0: So, so you've met Charles? Ho- that's a pretty big name, just to, just to run. Like, oh, I just met Charles Robinson. If you're a wrestling fan, you know, Terrence Robinson is up there.
1: Right. But, but, uh, I forgot who introduced him to me, but, uh, again, remember like, there's not a lot of people doing what I do in, in obstacle racing. So, uh, it, it worked out that like, you know, I had a, you know, my show was big enough that like, he was yeah. like, yeah, let's hang out, let's meet up or whatever. And, uh, cause I was actually supposed to interview him after an Asheville race and I ended up not doing that, but we kind of just became friends. So it's been great. Like I see them usually whenever they're in town, uh, um, I was hoping to see him at Mania. Uh the only but they're so crazy busy. Uh I landed too late on Thursday to see him and after that he was wall to wall.
0: Well, I heard a lot of good things about him, about how he's no matter how many years he's been in the business, he still helps with the set ups and the teardowns and everything.
1: Yeah, yeah. And
0: right there is just like that's dedication, that shows that you love your job.
1: Yeah, he's I mean he's he's I don't know if they'll put refs in the Hall of Fame, but I think he probably is one, right?
0: I, if you start playing refs, yes, and I think they should. Like people like Charles Robinson, Earl Heppner, right? Nick Patrick, they were such a big part in the the era of right. the should Right, part of the Hall of Fame. I know they, the, they, the,
1: the, they probably will.
0: I also have the Spartan Triangle. I hate you for that one.
1: Oh, I didn't, uh, that's actually, I didn't win that. That's uh, another somebody else's award. But yeah, I've done the trifecta. I've done, I mean, this this long into it, I've done probably 200 races. You know, it's been 10 years.
0: Jesus Christ, I've done like maybe 50.
1: Right, but that's a lot. 50s a lot though.
0: That's it's a lot, you know. it's takes years off your life probably, but you know, it's an eh. It's, it's, it's either there are smoking and you get hit by a truck.
1: Exactly, exactly.
0: Which hopefully the other two doesn't happen to me. But no, if you already did it, just say, hey, that's my award. I've done it.
1: <laughs> no, I did not win that.
0: Like, wife signed me up for Spartan Sprint, and she put her name on this as like a birthday present. And she put her name on two main lines. So, of course, if you look up my time, can't find it. You look oh, up her any- name. Oh. She's never done, she's done, like, maybe one. to say, like, I'm never doing this again. Right. Her name, boom. It's, like, all the details and everything. I'm, like. I can have to do it again to prove everyone I can do this. Everyone's going to think you did it. Right. It's like, it's the thought that counts though, but. mm. But you got Brooke Hogan on your show. Right. How the heck did you pull that off?
1: So the original, hang on one second. The original plan. Me and um, Taryn were starting the show. We had filmed a race here in Georgia and then mania was a couple weeks later. And she's like, listen, I I have a table at WrestleCon. Let's go. You know, we'll get a bunch of content. We'll interview a bunch of wrestlers, blah, blah, blah. And then she had like her daughter's cheerleading thing that weekend. And she's like, but I'll send messages for people. So she wrote a bunch of wrestlers. And uh, what I found was that everybody loves Taryn because some of them didn't see the message. But they still said, like, oh, if Taryn recommended you, you must be fine. So the funny thing about uh, the Brooke Hogan thing was it was literally the first one I did. We got there. We're walking around. This is Friday morning. And I had a list of people that she knew. Right. Um, a lot of the women, you know, from TNA. So you know, Gail Kim and, and, you know, Velvet Sky and all these people and, you know, Brooke worked there for a while. So she had Brooke's name. And so Brooke was, you know, doing her thing. And so, you know, all these guys, they're making money, right. They're there to make money. So I always waited till there wasn't a line and I'd say, can you talk? And then uh, they'd say yes, or see me tomorrow or whatever. Um, And then I talked to people that weren't necessarily introduced, but I just tried and some of them were great. Some of them not so great. Um, But, brook said sure and then you know it's so funny because it wasn't like i was trying to set her up i mean it was just it was like we talked about i told her you know that that holtz looked great and some of the other guys did not look so great right like the years have been rough on them right like don't look so great so i just happened to say that and she said i you know it all depends when they stop taking care of their bodies and i said She's like, it's too bad there's not a union. And, and I was like, yeah, Vince would never let a union happen. But instead, I just said, yeah, I think there's one guy whose fault that is. And she goes, yeah. And uh, that was it. Nothing, nothing. Right. Uh, and then. Um, I think it was a month later. Um, I see uh, a guy. A friend of mine like showed me like that guy that had tweeted uh, when you realize um, your dad fucked over the boys. And it was like, here's what's crazy. That video was only up for like a day because it was short. I was going to re-edit it. And so somebody scraped it off the Internet. Right. Posted it. Did not credit me, which is the worst thing you can do. Right. Um, Didn't ask. Didn't put as seen on whatever, which is shitty. And this thing's going like viral, like legit viral. So I start messaging these people and I'm like, Hey, you know, it's too late at that point. Like if I comment on something that has 700 comments and say, by the way, that's me, it really doesn't do anything. So then I realized I'll put the rest of it up and I'll, I'll reshare it with people and see if they'll reshare that. And while that happened, uh, someone said, you know, Cornette talked about it and I was like, Holy shit. Um, and it's cool because, like, you know, I just started doing this thing, and here's this thing that went like viral. I think it's pretty cool. And so some people reshared it, some people were already sick of it. Um, but uh, you know, everyone's saying, like, oh, well, it was her dad, and uh I think it's pretty vague who she meant. Maybe she meant Vince, because when she said I Googled something and found something I didn't like, but I corrected it because the article, all the articles said I must have been talking about Vince. I mean her dad and I wasn't I was hundred percent talking about Vince.
0: Yeah, it's just it's crazy about the WWE about how power hungry they are. Right. I mean it really is. I mean I don't understand. I mean there's a point where it gets to okay, you guys are this asshole. Right. I mean it's I mean it turns me off. I mean I haven't watched a raw in I don't know how long because it's just I dare to watch wrestling not watching if i want to watch general hospital i'll watch general well hospital. that's
1: what the fast forward button is for is that there's a lot of talking a lot of talking and then there's a match and then you fast forward all the talking and then there's a match like i could never watch it live you know
0: what other promotions do you watch
1: so i mean i was just watching raw and smackdown for a while and i knew nothing about the indie world at all the indie world like when i was a kid that's all there was right when i was a kid uh we watched the the like the territories. Right. But they, to us, it was the same thing. It was like you're seeing Junkyard Dog. You're seeing Freebirds. You're seeing Jerry Lawley. Like these were all big names, uh, but they were these big promotions. And then sometimes you'd see them on WWE. But this idea of like the Indies wasn't even a thing growing up. And so I kind of started hearing about Ring of Honor. And then the last. I don't know, I'd say year. I've honestly just tried to educate myself a lot. So started watching AEW more, just started watching a lot of YouTube videos. And, you know, the things I don't like about, you know, AEW is like, you know, again, like stuff you can fast forward, just like silly stuff. Like, I just want to watch some good wrestling for the most part, like most people.
0: Yeah, because that's what it's about. It's about professional wrestling. I understand there's a little storylines with character development. I get that. But is a point where it just lays on too thick. And you're just like, why am I watching it? Especially the first match is like 15, 20 minutes into the show. Right. It's just like, what the? I always give you a match first and then start with your storylines.
1: Yeah. I don't know why they think that's a good idea, but it's what they've been doing for a really long time now.
0: Do you think they're just out of touch?
1: Do I think they're what? Out of touch. Well, clearly, I mean, Vince is 70, whatever, and uh, just doesn't, you know, he just doesn't give a fuck. You know what I mean? He's going to do it the way he does it. And he hires people that do what he says or they get fired.
0: What do you think about the whole Naomi Saucer Bank incident? They're calling?
1: So I think it's 100 percent real. People were saying it must be a work. And I'm like, I don't think Laurinaitis comes on and says this is a scripted show. Like, why would he ever do that? Like, if this turns out to be a work, great. They got me. But I, I can't see it being that way. What do you? I mean, if they show up next week on on the other brand and like, haha, we were here to just win the other belts, then we know it was. But what do you think?
0: I you know what? Until it's like they're stripped of the titles, and after like a month, you don't see them. It's not a work. But until that happens, the WWE swarves on. Like they made a big deal about how we have more views in WrestleMania than the Super Bowl. Yay! And you look at the numbers, and you are like, these are two day numbers,
2: right? Like right. One
0: day numbers. Let's divide these in two. Right. They are, and of course, right. I think they one category they were right with, and everything else They are like off. Oh. So right. Was- well, yeah. If you
1: if you have a two day event and you can get one hundred fifty thousand people, yes, that's more than the Super Bowl or whatever.
0: Yeah, but it's a two day event though. It's right. Not the Super Bowl is just one day.
1: Right. I mean, all companies do that, right? All companies spin things, uh, but yeah, I think they're they're pretty they're pretty bad.
0: And hearing that, you know, WrestleMania, they're saying like they had like seventy seven thousand people, and have Dave Meltzer come on and say like those numbers are inflated. That's wrong. I don't think Dave Meltzer would purposefully say something like that without some insight. Like- well, I-,
1: I can say that I was there night one, and it seats hundred. And I would guess 70 something based on what I was like looking at. It wasn't half. If it was half, you would have felt it. You know what I mean? I think
0: it was like more like maybe like 65, 66, around it was,
1: yeah. It it definitely wasn't like 50 or 40. Because if it was, like I said, it would have been pretty obvious. It's also not ideal, by the way, for live wrestling because it's so big, sound takes a long time to travel. You end up just kind of watching the big TV the whole time. Um And listen, I'm really glad I went, you know what I mean? Like I got to, you know what I mean? I got to see Austin, you know what I mean? Like once in a lifetime thing for me, probably. Right. But, uh, you know, when you go and you've been like pretty close, which I've been, and you know, you hear when they stomp on the, on the mat, you hear all the bumps and it's when you're a mile away in this in this, the ring is tiny. I would say it's not really ideal for wrestling unless you paid, you know, two grand a seat, which I did not. You know, we paid a couple hundred bucks a seat.
0: How come you, think, why does WWE tickets so much money compared to like in, in another independent show? I mean, I'm not talking about, you know, it should be 40 bucks or $30 for front row seats, but I looked at Boston Survivor Series tickets just in the back and they wanted
2: $200. Really?
0: $200 for like, like section, like at
1: the, was that the one at the, at the dunk that just happened?
0: No, that, that was the one. That's just the one coming up in November for Survivor Series.
1: But I think it's also like Ticketmaster just fucks people. Like they just crush you on fees.
0: This is more fees. It's usually because usually, I've gotten this before. It's like, okay, it's like, for example, I'm throwing a number out there, 100, bucks. All right, $100 for a ticket. Then you realize it's another $100 for the fees.
1: Right. I think they've gotten really smart and they've just played the game. Of numbers right and I bet if you wait until like the night before there might be some cheaper ones but you're also gambling that you don't get one uh, but yeah they've got that shit down to a science there once upon a time you just message a person like person on Craigslist and they'd sell to you for hey I just want my money back but now you're going to get screwed
0: yep it's I remember those days with the Harford wearers right yeah uh, you know, right. I, I saw this guy named Jose who was a scalper so many times it ended up being like hey it was, it was like a small bar we used to hook up at. i just do the deal after a while because it's like i've seen you so many times you're not gonna rip me off right go off you want to go for a beer you know, it's, you know it's... right but i remember those days those days were more simpler just going right. out camping you know
1: i did that with my dad at uh at fenway a few times
0: in your opinion, what do you think of professional wrestling as a whole, not just WWE, needs should stop doing and needs to start doing to generate more fans?
1: I mean, I have no idea what attracts a fan. You, you know what I mean? Like, uh, you know, I introduced it to my boys, right? And like 8 to 10 is like perfect, right? Like, like they may or may not know that it's scripted, but they're all in you know what I mean like this is what made my love of wrestling come back when I first brought them they didn't know anybody they hadn't watched any matches and they instantly cheered the good guys and booed the heels because that's the beauty of wrestling right so uh there's guys like me that loved it as a kid right got older found it again through my kids and now I'm sticking around I think you know this whole whole like the whole indie world like again that just didn't exist as a kid and let's call them the indie nerds right and you know if you listen to cornet like he gets so mad at all of them and like that's to me it's fine if that's what you like right is you know I went to you know what Dragon Con is yes okay so I live in Atlanta Dragon Con is here I went to DCW one year and it was amazing right all these wrestlers you never heard of any of them Lots of crazy flipping around, and the the audience is like making up like the best chance, like not normal chance, like just ones that they clearly made up on the spot, and it was like amazing. But like, like those are a that's a fucking wrestling nerd, you know what I mean? And I don't know where those people come from. But the average person flipping by Fox or flipping by whatever, do people even flip anymore? I honestly have no idea how they get new people.
0: Do you think just the way that WWE does things? you know, they try to be like more family oriented and more orientated because, you know, Fox, and you know, making everyone happy. Do you think they kind of put a, a damper on what professional wrestling is just because you see the camera angles and everything. You don't see the, like the ring or the board in the ring, like bend or the ring shake if you do an independency, an independent show. Do you think they put a little bit of a black eye on professional wrestling?
1: Like, like I said, I don't whatever they think they're doing, they think is working, right? And if they're making X amount on pay-per-views and X amount on merch, then they think it's working. I know I don't want to see the Usos and RK bro talk to each other again, right? And this weekend, it's a tag team. And this weekend, it's Jimmy against Riddle. And next week, it's, you know what I mean? Like, but even when I started watching it back in 2016, 17, it was the Usos and New Day every week. And I love both those tag teams, right? Great talkers, great workers. Like I but it literally was the same fucking storyline for what felt like four months, right? Oh yeah. And I was like, was this like this when I was a kid? And I just don't remember. But I, I yeah, I don't know who they who they listen to or don't listen to, but
0: yeah, I asked the same question. I took a lot of YouTube videos, like looking up old school wrestling, the golden era, to be right. like, no, it wasn't like this
1: yeah i don't think it i don't think it was but again like back then like you would flip around and find it and then if you became a fan you'd watch it every week but nowadays like you're not gonna flip around you've got to like go to peacock and choose it right yeah and the classic line because i said something about
0: the wf wwe's pay-per-views aren't getting enough views on peacock you know peacock after a while is to be like this is the business sorry guys and of course i get so many wwe fans like oh no if you subscribe it counts i was like no they look at how many people are watching each show
1: but they must have they had to but they had to have paid for that library so they've got it now forever right or maybe it's maybe it's five years i don't know
0: Oh yeah, I mean it's it's a decent deal. I mean five bucks for a wrestling pay per view. I remember it was like forty dollars each time, 40 right? Bucks each and every time, right? Having a five dollar pay per view is nice,
1: right? But they did that thing where they always gave it away for the first month free, right?
0: Yeah,
1: and you'd like if you wanted to get whatever the latest pay per view was, and then you got the month for ten bucks or whatever it was. So, again, they must have run the numbers though. I don't think they bought it. I mean, I don't know what the deal is, but it had to be for at least five years. They're not going to move that whole library and then move it again in five years. I don't know.
0: Now, I bet you the contract with Peacock is more structural. You know, you can't be moving this. You can't be moving that without fences. And I'm going to say one thing. If I turn SmackDown Friday and I see Naomi joining the bloodline, I'm going to be pissed. Right. All this talk about they walked out. They walked out there in all time. Oh, look at this. So you can't believe anything anymore. Well,
1: again, it's been that way for, it's been that way for a while.
0: Yeah, but real fast, what th- what's obstacle is your least favorite when you do a race?
1: Um, uh, I just quickly Googled, a person familiar with the deal said it runs five years and is valued at more than $1 billion. Under the agreement, WWE will shut down its network in the United States in mid-March and Peacock will license the programming including the popular WrestleMania franchise for its own platform. So yeah, so it's 250 million bucks a year. Um, I mean, the the obstacles that suck are also the ones that make you tougher, right? So anytime you get wet and cold, especially on a Vermont day, if it's nice out, the water's like refreshing, but on a miserable day, like you feel like shit, but then you're really glad when you got done with it, you know, Uh,
0: the electric shock therapy in tough mutter. Yeah. I've, through that, and at the end, the finish line was like right afterwards, and I felt sorry for this like little girl that was hanging out meadows because afterwards I was like, "Shit, God damn it, those things are fucking alive, Fuck you know. Took my pants, like Jesus Christ. Like, yeah, that, I'm not a
1: fan of electroshock either, but I I did it the other day for the first time in a while.
0: Yeah, I mean, once you go through it the first time, you're more aware of. What's about (laughs) second time is probably not as bad, right? So, when does your show air? Uh,
1: so we haven't actually aired the podcast yet because once she said she wasn't going to do it, so I've been just putting up YouTube videos and I was great. I put up a ton right after Wrestle WrestleCon, but now you notice I haven't put one up in a little bit, so it's hard because I still do the OCR content and uh, I need to get on some kind of regular schedule. I also need to schedule a lot more interviews you know, reaching out to people doing Zooms like this, you know how it is. Some people get back to you right away. Some people never do. Um, so.
0: And some people say, yeah, I'll be there. And they did a show and it's just, yeah. But after a while, I just turned to like, you know what? If they don't show, they don't show. What can I do about it? Right. I mean, before it's like, oh my God, my audience is going to be upset. Oh my God. How am I going to do It's like, look guys, I tried. Right. So about the about wrestling. After Vince McMahon finally retires, or may God forbid, dies, because it seems like he's gonna just die in the, as a CEO. Right. In your opinion, what do you think will happen to WWE? You think it'll go like be sold to Disney? You think ESPN's gonna buy it, or what do you?
1: Well, I mean, if if everybody's saying he's getting ready to sell it, um, and. If somebody wants to buy it that's great because again they know the library is there and they know there's an audience but then who's gonna who who's gonna like run the actual business right like they'll do better without him i'm sure it'll do things some things will be better when he's gone but you know will they hire the right people and will they whatever it's like look at tony khan right tony is doing a lot of things right but a lot of things wrong you know what i mean like he thinks it's a good idea to write to recruit all the talent and write every show and write every match, and it's a horrible idea.
0: That's putting too much on your plate. But then again, he's—I I look at AEW and the cons. They're worth a lot. I'm talking about the whole family, you know, international right. soccer. He owns international soccer teams. That investment with the Jaguars, but eh, no one's perfect. But you know, it's but it just it has a feeling of a spoiled rich kid. You know, it's given a plaything and he can do whatever he wants.
1: He just broke up for a second.
0: I'm sorry. It feels like that Tony Khan, you know, it's like the spoiled rich kid that gets, you know, it's like, yeah, rich daddy goes like, here, son, you can do AEW or whatever you want. And then like kind of like all excited, doesn't know what he's doing.
1: Right. He should hire more help.
0: He does. He should. You're right. Get someone that knows the business, maybe like former wrestlers, to help with the writing, because they remember the uh, ex- the uh, explosion death match between Omega and Moxley.
2: <laughs> right.
0: He even caught out and said, "Maybe I should have hired other, you know, someone else to done the explosive." see you know? I was like, "Oops!" And they lost seven hundred thousand dollars off that pay per view. Wow. Wanted they wanted their money back, and they give them credit. Did refund everyone's money. No questions asked. But you know that was so hyped up. Such a great match in Austin.
1: Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I, I'm not one for barbed wire. Like that's not my jam at all. Again, I get there's people who love that. Um, I, I'm not, I'm not, I'm squeamish. Like I always think, like when I was a kid, uh, if there was an Abdul the Butcher match on, I would turn it off. Like I couldn't. I couldn't watch people. I couldn't watch blood, right? And, and it just grossed me out.
0: You know, like the fork, and like, he goes on the floor.
1: right? And even if it was looking back, even if it's them cutting themselves, like you know, doing that thing, it's still not pleasant to watch. You, you know what I mean? So uh, I'm I'm squeamish, man. I don't I don't like any of that stuff. Do you like that stuff, like the ECW extreme stuff?
0: ECW, I think back then. They like today now evolve into more like gnarlier, like, like the pizza cutter. Really wasn't an ECW. The cheese grater back those days, I could never understand how that really worked other than, you know, you scrape someone's head open. But, but these days, if I see the pizza cutter, I always, that's what makes me screamish. It's a something that simple, just like a slice and then you bleed And uh, Nick yeah. gave Jericho when he did in the mouth. That was like, Jesus Christ, why would you do something like that? Yeah, stapler. I'm not
1: I'm, Yeah, I'm not a fan of any of that stuff.
0: I, I would watch it, but it's like a lot of the... I saw one deathmatch when someone's tongue got stapled in a top turnbuckle. And that was just like, no way, no way. And I looked down, I was like, holy... Crap. The tongue sounds like, that's a little extreme there. Right. I just think it's just getting more and more which if, if you're into that you know people who like that stuff god bless them have fun people do it who cares but no i'm more on the athleticism you know right Does a shooting star press and then like midair adjust justice because a guy got up and do a ddt on him like a perfectly ddt right my stories the other day it was like those type of stuff that makes you go oh that's cool
1: right the actual athleticism, I get you.
0: That's why I like no. So, I mean, no story. That's why I like indie wrestling. It's more to the point, more than athleticism. And it's like theater. That's how you sit back. And, you know, you Google. You know, your eyeglasses in the back. You know, you just watch the theater, the show. Well, that's what international wrestlers I've owned before tells me that's more to them. It's like theater. Right. But anyways, what do you what is the with does the future hold for your podcast?
1: I mean, I want to get, you know, I I think I'm really good at talking to folks. I've been doing it a long time and you know, you know how hard it is to build an audience, so it's just a matter of just cranking away. I mean, I've been doing this other one 10 years and you know, we have 42,000 followers on on, you know, on Instagram and we've never paid for any of those and it's not, you know, it's not millions, but it's enough that like you know, we, it means something. And I know that for me to get bigger and bigger names, um, I've got to just, you got to just keep putting it out and putting out good content. And I look at them, a lot of guys that do interviews and I'm not even that big of a fan of them. Like there's guys that have a decent following and like, they're okay. You know what I mean? So I feel like, I feel like there's, there's room. Most people, Don't stick around. Like you'll you'll see people start a podcast, people start a YouTube channel. It's really busy, six months, twelve months, eighteen months, you'll never see them again.
0: Yeah, people just give up. They think that they'll get like thousands of views right off the bat. And after three months, they're like, Why am I doing this? Only like two people are listening. Right. And they
1: don't get any money, and it's really hard to keep it up. So
0: if you contact a restaurant and they're like, they'll come on your show, but they want a couple hundred dollars, what do you tell them?
1: Uh, I've never had that happen yet. I've never had anybody ask for me. I don't think I would. I mean the, they'd have to be pretty huge and I think if they're pretty huge they'd want more than that. Um, but uh yeah, no one's ever I've never uh, I've never had anybody say they wanted to get paid for
0: it. Give it time. I've had I have a less. I used to tell people the wrestlers I'll keep keeping him in mind and make a well less like uh René Dupree. Remember him back in WWF days? Uh,
1: he's got his own show, right?
0: Yeah, he has his own show right now and everything. <laughs> and I was like, "I'll keep you in mind if I win the lottery someday." But right now, you know, gotta pass. Thank you very much for getting back to me. Right. You feel like that they deserve a response, not just right. You know. But how, where can we listen to your podcast when the obstacle? Well. Video, you
1: can for now, you can just link my YouTube channel, and then by the time I launch the podcast, I can send you that link and you can stick it in this one. But right now, you go to the best thing since wrestling uh, on YouTube, on Instagram, etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. I got a link tree on the uh, in any of the YouTube videos, you can touch that and it'll take it everything.
0: I just got a link tree, I'm still trying to figure that out.
1: Link tree, yeah, yeah, it's super easy, you just wow. throw everything in there, and then it's one link to share with people.
0: When you have a three-year-old try and grab your phone when you're trying to figure it out, yeah, that's yeah, I, I
1: know that life for sure.
0: A little harder, but Matt, thank you very much for coming on. I appreciate your time. If you shoot me the any links or whatever, I'll attach it to this episode and share it around. All right. It really, it's really badass doing an obstacle course, you know, show. It really is.
1: Well, you should listen sometime. I uh, I had no idea. Most people aren't that familiar with it, or they they are, but they don't know. No, so. Um, yeah, dude, uh, I'll send you some links.
0: Yeah, definitely send me some links. I'll check it out. Definitely. I appreciate your time. Thank you very much.
1: All right, man. We'll talk soon.
0: We'll talk soon. Definitely. Let's keep in touch. See you, buddy. See you. Bye.